You're listening to Cat and Penda on Fan Service Radio. Hi, everyone. I am Penda. And I'm Cat. And welcome to another episode of Fan Service, a, pe- a podcast with two Fraulein's talking about stuff we like. We're fans of books, TVs, movies, anime, podcasts, and maybe we share your favorites. So let's get started, which we're going to do. But first, let's have a drink. Cat. What are you sipping on today? Well, good to start it off today, Penda. I am uh, going a little more sophisticated, getting away from my red wine this week. And I'm trying a little uh, smooth whiskey and Coke. And if you can see it, it's in my gift. I received a <laughs> gift that uh, says Cat Sippy Cup because... <laughs> Everyone knows that I am a big baby and I like drinking out of my adult sippy cups. So That's now wonderful. I have I have one with my name on it. So <laughs> I'm enjoying a refreshing beverage and feeling like an almost adult. <laughs> How about you, Penda? That, that's a fantastic, that's a fantastic um, sippy cup there. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. I am, I am drinking. I am also feeling a little more sophisticated, moving away from my uh, angry orchard unfiltered hard ciders and today i am having an old-fashioned nice uh, it's made with four roses whiskey a little simple syrup um three three sugar cubes which i realize now i, I kind of got to stir because all that sugar sitting on the bottom <laughs> and about mm-hmm. 90 million um cherries nice uh and i and i put in a little um chocolate bitters in there just for a just for a little a little dash of class so you're not being fancy at all are you no i'm not being extra at all i'm gonna (laughs) sit here in my cut glass tumbler drink my fancy drink with its chocolate flavoring and and 80 billion maraschino cherries so so what were we like uh have esp or something because we both with with the whiskey today here we go we're on the same wavelength so what are we talking about today well we got a couple of interesting themes going on today penda uh the first of which uh we're going to be talking about ya and why it's just not for the kitties anymore and then we're going to jump on into what what the heck is coming out this summer right so finally yeah yeah because Guess what? The weather has broken. I can see sunshine now. You know, take a walk. You know, for some of the adventurous people, maybe they get back out into the theaters. So we got some. We got some stuff. If you're ready, you know. I think. Yeah, I, I think. I think we're all ready. I think we're. I think, I think finally, Michigan has decided that we are going to move into um, uh, Spring Part Two. You know, the, the sequel. See. And um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're all done with the snow and the ice. And now, of course, you know, as we move into to Labor Day, which is coming up in a few weeks, which is basically when we, we shed spring and jump in with both feet into too, too hot. You know, we don't we don't we don't get that gradual buildup of, oh, of no. early no. summer. To, it just it just starts off hot. And just yeah. when you think it's like, oh, hey, my electricity bill and my and my utility bills are going to go down because I cannot run the heat 
and then just run the AC, well, the AC will eat up all of the money that you thought you were saving by not Mm. having the heat on. So, yes, yeah, exactly. So you get uh, five nice days a year in 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 the state, and that's That's about it. (laughs) And then the rest is construction and or snow. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, but we do get to watch the 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 trees you know yeah yeah you get to watch the the trees and and with the construction and the pollution you get to watch the birds also change color and and fall from the trees (laughs) the birds fall from the trees (laughs) we got that going for us too look how the birds change color and fall to the ground (laughs) what a beautiful thing just rake them up with the leaves out to the street and the city comes by and sucks them all up Oh wow! Uh, yeah, that's that's quite disturbing. But you're welcome. <laughs> Imagery. So, <laughs> so on that note, because I have zero way to segue from dead birds to YA, <laughs> we're gonna jump into what. It, first of all, what is young adult um, YA, and you know, and then we're gonna talk about. Uh, some of the differences or at least some of the observable differences between YA and um, regular so-called regular adult novels. And then we're going to talk about some of the things that we personally uh, have been exposed to in our opinions about uh, different novels and different books and things of that nature. So I'm going to start it off with, uh, again, YA is short for young adult. And a a lot of people have like a misconception about it because, you know, when you look it up, it's like, uh, tell me about the YA genre. And it's it's not necessarily a genre per se, so much as it's different books or different different media that is so-called aimed at the 12 to 18 year old little human crowd, young human crowd. However, it's not just limited to that. I know plenty of adults who enjoy different uh, young adult series of uh, books and TV and, and film. And it's, and just like, uh, you know, traditional adult novels and adult media, it crosses all the genres. You have young adult thrillers, you have uh, young adult romance, mystery, fiction, fantasy, literature, dystopian anything that you can uh think of in a a, a, a a typical adult novel is there in the young adult uh novels and media but some of the main differences again is how they're marketed um you may have a, an adult uh theme story where they may feature a teenager but it doesn't necessarily make it in a, a young adult uh media because it's it's not so much as it's just about having a teenager in there it's what the the teenager's mentality uh the 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 young person's experience where is this 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 uh this story taking place what is it trying to communicate and who is it trying to communicate to as well as mostly you know the ones i've been exposed to have been mostly centered around like love and romance no matter if you're fighting dragons or if you're learning how to drive a car the first time, there's love interest that, um, for, from the ones that I've definitely been exposed to. Has it any? Do you have any noticeable uh, uh, differences or similarities, Penda? You want to bring to the table? Um, a lot of 
young adult or middle, there's not so much, and I don't want to say intrigue because the intrigue is definitely there. It's certainly not as um, heavy, heavy minded, if that's, if that's a phrase, <laughs> right. you know, when you, when, you know, there are thrillers, you know, there are adult thrillers and, you know, and, and the thing is there's no, you can't say that there's less sex in young adult or there's less, less swearing in young adult, because that's come a long way where even those particular restrictions have, have fallen away because, everyone is exposed to swearing and sex. This is just the way of the world in the 21st century. I do find YA books to be a little lighter in in plot, and they do center more around character and less on story. So you're not getting in. It's not, I'm not, it's not to say that they aren't compelling. It's more that you don't have to spend a lot of time trying to figure something out than a general audience style of, of, of book. And, you know, and that's fine too. It's sort of like romances. Romances, romance is a fine genre. If you love the genre, it's also a little lighter. Even the historical romance stuff is a little lighter. You don't, it doesn't take a ton of, you're not gonna, if you're going to eat a book, if you're going to read a book, I should say, if you're going to read a book in an afternoon, you don't really want a lot of heavy thinking. You want to get to the points that, you know, you, you read romance because you want the bodice rippers, you want the romance, you want the conflict, you want the salvation, you want them to be happily ever after. And I think YA is a lot of that too. You want to identify with your main character and their conflicts. And then they get in and they solve the problem and then they fail and then they solve the problem again. And then everything is happily ever after. There are certain beats to it. And I think for for the audience, and if that's what you're looking for, I think it's perfectly fine. Uh, I, I'm just not going to go into it thinking that um, I'm going to spend a lot of time complaining about the plot, because <laughs> that's really not what, it, not what it's about. I think it's more about the characters and identifying with the individual characters. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. I, I, I And I think that we don't want anyone to misunderstand, too, because... Um, I know that when a lot of people in, you know, on the internet, they hear young adult or YA, they tend to dismiss it as being trivial and, you know, not necessarily worth it and not as sophisticated, but there are, you know, you know, they do hit those beats. Absolutely. But there are some, some extremely complex uh, themes that I've I've been exposed to in young adult media uh, that the as they go along in more of the modern writing that I have seen has been a lot more sophisticated than pre you know like when this so-called um introduction to writing specifically or targeting this young audience uh that that they were doing previously so yeah we're not talking uh, watership down levels of of writing you know, right. I mean, and Watership Down's considered, I don't know if it's considered young adult, but I know it's considered children's. Mm-hmm. And just speaking as someone that spent her fourth grade first doing Harriet the Spy and then segueing into Watership Down, <laughs> I, I, I don't recommend that kind of whiplash for your child. <laughs> um, but they're, they're, they're both different levels of, of, of complex, I, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, having read something as heavy as Watership Down in the fourth grade, I think I think I would have appreciated it more middle school, high school. Um, mm-hmm. 
But if you're going to compare Watership down to today's YA, you really can't. But again, it's a different level of writing. It's a different, you know, there are two really different audiences. I don't know who the author of Watership Down was writing for, but it certainly wasn't fourth grade me. <laughs> uh, make sure to speak to your therapist about that. Okay? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> we need like, to have words. another thing, right? <laughs> So, so yeah, I think I, I think that we are definitely on the same page when it comes to the YA. You know, uh, it's definitely uh, the ones I've been exposed to. Like, like anything, you know, you have your mush and you know you have your gems. But for the most part, I think that they take some of these themes that uh, young people maybe don't know how to conceptualize and and make them more palatable. You know, and to be honest, makes it more palatable for me as well. Um, especially con- I, I, because I don't consider myself either young, nor do I consider myself an adult. I have, oh, you sort I, of like fall right between the cracks. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like right there. Just, you know, just, uh, there. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're the space and young adult. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's like, I'm not, I'm I'm like middle-aged, not quite mature, you know. It's like its own fine wine type deal. But, you know, but that being said, I've been really drawn. And I, before I even knew that it had a name, I was drawn to some of these these uh, books. And and uh, and I've read a lot of the books. Well, I've read some books. I wouldn't say a lot because there's thousands of books out there, again, different genres. Um but I've also seen some of the some of the the big blockbuster ones, right? And then um, most of the blockbusters and and a, a few of the the gems, you know, the the little hidden gems. So I guess I'll start off with, with some of the ones that I liked and I truly enjoyed and recommended. And uh, and the first one uh, is called "The Fault in Our Stars," and it's by John Green. And there's a theme that I'm going to be going with because most of these were adapted in the film. But uh, for most of these, I actually read, I either saw the film and then continued reading the book series because I enjoyed the film so much, or I was introduced to the book series and then the film started dropping as I was reading the book. So, uh, so most of these that I'm, that I'm recommending, um, are are actually films too so if you're not a, a big book reader then you know check out the films and and then decide if you know you if you want to read the books because like everything the books are usually better than than movies you know you have some one-off cases and such but um the fault in our stars is basically uh um written by john green um the and then the film was released in 2014 and it start, it's about a young teenage girl named Hazel who is diagnosed with lung cancer and she attends this support group and then she meets uh, this guy named Augustus, right? So they get to know each other, they have fun and they start to care about each other, but they also explore themes of, you know, love, but also fear and uncertainty and it, it moves into some heavy subject matter. And it it in if you like getting your heartstrings tugged at, uh, and you know just kicked in the gut a couple of times, yeah, check out the Fault in Our Stars. Uh, John Green, don't forget to be awesome, buddy. I really enjoyed that book, and I enjoyed the film. 
Um, the next one is the Hunger Games series, right? Most people should be familiar with the Hunger Games series. They were written, those books were written by Susan Collins and the films uh, were released in between 2012 and 2015. Um, and basically, this takes place in a dystopian uh, time period in a former North America where the capital Pan Am has mandated that to hold control over the 12 districts. They take these little boys and girls and force them to fight to the death in this nationally televised event called the Hunger Games, right? So they call them tributes. And this story basically centers around Katniss Everdeen and her bid to try to stay alive. And she, you know, there's themes of love in there, but it's mostly survival. It's a, it's, it's a really good set of books. I've read the, all the books, saw the movies multiple times. Good, good stuff right there, right? You're a completist. Uh, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> So if you've read all the books and you've seen all the movies, it's like, yeah, you're a completist. All of it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. I, I guess maybe a teensy bit. Maybe a teensy bit. <laughs> but I loved it. You know, it's, it was one of those series that um, the, the, the more times I watched it, the more times I got like some subtle things that I missed the first time. And, uh, you know, and you were talking about uh, a few minutes ago, basically about, you know, they hit these dots, um, you know, and then there's a happy ending. They, they, they hit these points and then there's usually a happy ending at the end. This is one of those few um, series that kind of uh, kind of uh, steps away from that. And it goes in a direction at the end that kind of leaves you like, wow, uh, I can I can I can see where and how we got here. And it's it's definitely a, a, a ride. So that that, on the other hand, takes me to the other side of the spectrum, which is my guilty pleasure. And I'm sure other people's guilty pleasure. Twilight. So we have, you know, that's one of the most famous film series out there. Um, Twilight by Stephanie Meyer. And the film was the films were released in 20, in 2008 to 2012 and we know who doesn't know by now the story of Bella being thrust into the supernatural world of vampires and werewolves only to have her biggest decision at the time be team Edward or team Jacob you said you said thrust yeah I did didn't I <laughs> thrust he said thrust <laughs> Hey, let's keep with the theme. <laughs> We're young adult thrust. But any, that's my maturity coming out, people. Sorry. So uh, after Twilight, um, there's also the, 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 the Divergent series by Veronica Roth. Um, those films came out between 2014 and 2016. And I've watched those and, and they were pretty good, but you know, judge for yourself because it's about um, an, a, a young lady named Tris Pryor. Prior lives in a futuristic world and where the society is kind of divided into like factions, like five factions. Then um, each person enters, when they enter into adulthood, they have to choose the faction that they want to commit to for life. Tris chooses Dauntless, those who pursue bravery above all else. However, 
her into her her uh, initiation leads to the discovery that she's a divergent, which uh, will never, which means she is never be able to fit into just one genre, and she's been warned to kind of conceal it, you know, because she's different, you know, it's always the different, and then um, so Tris, uh, meanwhile, is uncovering some a looming war which threatens everyone she loves. So uh, let's see here. Then, of course, we have uh, one of my favorites in the whole wide world, which is the Shadowhunter series, right? These are a series of books that are actually still ongoing by Cassandra Clare and her husband, Joshua Lewis. The films, uh, this one film, the first film, this god-awful film, which was The Mortal Instruments City of Bones, was released in 2013. It was just god-awful. The series, uh, but the, however, there was a series on Freeform from January 2016 to May 2019, which was so good. Short-lived, but so good. And it's about uh, this uh, young lady on her 18th birthday named Clary Frey, who unknowingly stumbles upon a hidden world where all the legends are true, and she's basically neck deep in it. Um, just kind of sensing a the theme here, people. Um, so that, but I, you know, I love Clary. She's very interesting. But the one thing they really kept me coming back to this series and to these books are the supporting characters. Um, I don't, I won't give anything away, but if it, check it out and then you'll understand and come to love team Malik the way that I do, but you got to watch the show. You got to read the books to get, to understand what I'm talking about. Okay. Last but not least for me is if I stay and that's by Gail Foreman. And there was actually a movie in 2014 that was released about this. And it's a really subtle, subtle film. Um, a really quiet film about a young lady who was basically in a, her and her family were in a tragic car accident, right? So she's been in placed in a coma. During her uh, coma, uh, she's basically having an out-of-body experience where she has to decide if she's going to wake up and live her life Uh during the aftermath of this horrible tragedy or if she just goes, you know? So those are some of my picks. I consider them like gateway drugs to, um, to some of the themes. I mean, to some of the YA, there's thousands of books out there. I'm sure hundreds of movies. So those are just a few of the ones I like. All right. So Penda, those were my recommendations. Uh, so what, do you have any recommendations for some, some gateway drugs for YA novels or, or any type of media like that? So I'm not a big YA person. Gotcha. Um, I can, you know what, we can start with like Children of Blood and Bone and mm. only because Tomi Adeyami is a Nigerian American and she wrote this, it's a trilogy. And she said, you know, so many YA books have this hero's quest. And it's usually, it's a white child, you know, and they've just, they're discovering they have this great power. What we don't see are children of color in these mm. same roles. And it's very, I mean, we're, we're, we've become inured to just accepting that, 
you know, the Hesters and the Harrys of the world are the ones that are the chosen ones. And uh, Tommy decided to write this book um, and it's called Children of Blood and Bone. Uh, it was her debut novel back in 2018. I have a signed copy of it. Nice. It follows uh, a heroine, Zaley, as she attempts to restore magic to the kingdom of Orisha, following the ruling class's brutal suppression of, of a class of magic practitioners that she belongs to. So she has to go on her own quest. She takes a renegade princess with her. Her brother uh, is hot on, his he- on her heels to try to find her, and everyone is in a race to bring back uh, this one particular talisman and bring it back and restore the magic. Uh, to their land and to uh, their class of people. Uh, it is, I, I think it's been optioned for a movie. Uh, every, lots of things get optioned and, and nothing ever happens with them. But uh, it's, it's a pretty exciting book. I recommend reading it. I wasn't crazy about the audiobook, but the story itself is very compelling. I also got on my list uh, A Blade So Black, which is sort of like an urban Alice in Wonderland. And that's by L.L. McKinley. And I'll read the synopsis. It's better if I read the synopsis than to tell you what it is. My synopsis will take forever and we'll never actually get to the point. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the synopsis for A Blade So Black, life in real world Atlanta isn't always so simple as Alice juggles an unprotective, an overprotective mother, a high school maintenance best friend, and a slippy? Huh. I pulled that right off of the site. Sure. Now she's trained to battle monstrous creatures in the dark dream world known as Wonderland with magic weapons and hardcore fighting skills. Yet even warriors have a And I have okay. that. That is on audiobook. I'm about halfway through it. I tend to jump from book to book. Uh, not because I'm bored. Uh, it's just because sometimes I just feel like listening to something. It's, you know, the days where you used to carry like six paperbacks in your book in your book bag when you would go places, or did you keep them in your car? I do the same thing with audiobooks. So I've got lots of half finished audiobooks that eventually yeah. I will finish, but it's just all going to be a matter of what I'm at. What am I in the mood for? Right. Uh, um, yeah. I, I do that on my uh on my uh. Kindle. Yes. So I have a lot of uh, audio books and stuff because I'm a, I, I'm a huge reader. And I don't have a Kindle. I have various tablets, but I tend to, my eyes get tired. And it's probably mm-hmm. because I do a lot of other close work. So I don't, I don't, I don't read with my eyes as often, but I do a lot of audio books as a result. And for me, that's, it's a very immersive experience for me uh, when I do right. audio books. Um, I've also got a uh, shadow and bone, which is currently a Netflix series. Really? Um, is it Netflix? Am I getting that? Yes, it is. It is currently a Netflix series. Uh, this story centers around characters from the Grishaverse, primarily the members of a second army of Raka and the crows from Ketterdom. The show follows Alina who discovers that she's a Grisha who is a person that can perform a small science. And for her, she can like, call the sun they're like elemental some can call wind some can call rain she can like call the, the sun and it's like super bright and she can summon light this ability places her in the center of a war that has been raving raging between Ravka, Ferda, and Shuhan and she is um 
she's part of that a, a race of Shuhan, and it it's got a lot of racial overtones. You know, that they're considered you know dirty and stupid and things like that. Uh, throughout the show, Alina attempts to control her power so she can destroy the Shadow Fold, which is on the map. She's a map maker. She's a cartographer, and on the map, there's this giant fissure of nothing but black. And to get from one side of the earth to the other, you have to either go to the north, which takes forever, or go across the south, which takes forever, or you can go straight through, but going through the fold opens you up to creatures that will eat you. So it's like going through really dense fog and shadow uh, knowing that you know you could be you could be swept away and, and eaten, so she attempts to control her power so she can destroy the shadow fold, which is a sea of darkness created centuries ago by a, the black her, um, heretic and inhabited by uh, vicious creatures. The story also switches to that of crows, which is a gang uh, trying to control everything uh, and their struggle for power against um, a rival gang in Ketterdom. And I've been watching Shadow and Bone. I've gotten through three episodes of that on Netflix. And it's very interesting. I mean, it's like really interesting. Uh, but that was a book by uh, Lee Bardugo. And that came out. I didn't write it down. Call it 2018. Just for grins. Okay. <laughs> uh, if you want to know, look it up. If you want to know, right. Well, well I, I will remember... Uh, to put uh, everything that we talked about in the show notes so you can go check these out. Um, we also have The Maze Runner from tw- the, the book from James Stashner was 2019. I know it's also a series. The first movie was 2014. I think I saw the second or the third movie in theaters. Um, oh. Mortal Engines by Philip Reeve. That book got, came out in 2001. The movie came out in 2018. Uh, that's, uh, I, oh, oh, I wrote it down. Hundreds of years after a cataclysmic event destroyed civilization, a mysterious young Hester Shaw emerges as the only one who can stop the city of London, now a giant predator on wheels. So the city of London is actually giant Mecca rolling across the countryside, often gobbling up smaller cities and then enslaving those cities' inhabitants and then using the resources of that city to power its own engines. It's wow. bananas! Wow. Cities uh, eating cities! Cities eating cities. Uh, feral and fiercely driven by the memory of her mother, Hester joins forces with Tom, an outcast from London, and Anna, a dangerous outlaw with a bounty on her head. I did see the movie. Um, I remember that um, from what I read, Hester is disfigured. Um, and she has like a giant disfiguring scar and she wears like a red... Um, scarf around her face a lot and they had briefly talked about it. it's like what are we gonna do about Hester's you know is her is her disfigurement because that's like a hallmark of a lot of YAs that the main characters don't feel attractive you know Bella didn't feel attractive mm-hmm. um, she was clumsy and she was clumsy I'm cl- everybody you're a teenager everyone's freaking clumsy you know, it's mm-hmm. one of those hindsight things, but that appeals to there. You know, there, there are some things that appeal to to, to to audiences, and for it was it was Bella's insecurity and her clumsiness, and Hester has that same insecurity, except hers is actually a physical insecurity. It's a giant scar and it's a giant disfigurement, and she wears a scarf so 
uh, she's not doesn't you know frighten small children. Um, but I know in the movie it was she was just like you know Hollywood scarred. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, Hollywood <laughs> ugly. She's Hollywood, Hollywood ugly. ugly. She's wearing glasses and a ponytail right. and coveralls. Oh, what? hideous. What? Sweaters yeah, and great. long skirts? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Hollywood ugly. Hollywood ugly. So that was Hester in the movie, you know. But, the, you know, and those were, I mean, like, again, I've only, I'm enjoying Shadow and Bone on Netflix. I'm looking forward to uh, reading the other two books in the Children of Blood and Bone uh, trilogy. I know it has it has a proper name. I don't know what it is. Um, I'm, but I'm looking forward to actually finishing Blood and Bone by reading it, and then the other two books. And I'm really hoping that they bring it, that they option it for a series on Netflix. It's something that I think deserves uh, a longer treatment of 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 the material as opposed to a two hour movie. Another one that people may not think of, which just came to me as I'm discussing Blood and Bone, is Stephen King and Peter Straub's The Talisman, which came out forever ago. I have I've gone through several copies. It's it's probably my favorite book. Um but it's about a 12 year old boy, Jack Sawyer, whose mother is dying of cancer. But he discovers that there is a parallel universe uh, where that queen is also dying and his counterpart, the queen's son died in childbirth, but the queen's counterpart on this side is his mother. So he has been tapped to cross the country from the East coast to the West coast to obtain a talisman that can heal the queen and save the territories. Now Jack's mother in this side is like a bee. She's like an old bee queen, bee movie queen. So she's a heavy smoker and she's a heavy drinker, but she's dying of lung cancer because she's just led a hard life. So this book follows Jack Sawyer as he goes between this world and the territories, which is like one giant run pair. Um, but he can't travel for two. Like, it's like it's a shorter distance in the territories, but it's also more treacherous. So he has to flip back and forth between this world and the next world to get to uh, the dark tower where the talisman is and then get back and save his mother and the queen. And it's a fantastic book. It's got a sequel called the black house um, that I highly recommend. Cause I probably read that three or four times a year. Do you have any, now do you have any downsides to YA? I, you know, to be perfectly honest, um, I think I really don't. And I, I'll say this because I'm the type of person that, likes what they like. So I, I have, I'm usually exposed to themes and I don't know if this is necessarily, I, I do have one thing and I don't, but I don't know if it's necessarily something directed strictly at YA or if this was just something at the time in, in the 2010s, but it seemed like for every single movie, like the Harry Potter series, the Hunger Games, the Twilight's, the studios did a money grab and broke out the last book into two movies. It's every single time. And that drove me nuts. Money, and like money, I said, money. yes. And, and I'm not going to say it was exclusively the YA, but it seemed like the stuff that I was watching, they were doing it to YA. Like I said, with Harry Potter, 
Um, when they oh the Deathly Hollows, that first movie was just disgusting. They spent <laughs> an hour and a half running through the woods, got absolutely <laughs> nothing accomplished. Then you know uh, you go into the Hunger Games, uh, the the last two movies, uh, 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 Catching no not Catching Fire. Um, I'll think of it in a second, but those last two Hunger Games. Uh, the mock mocking Jay, mocking Jay one, and the mocking Jay two. Uh, again, uh, unnecessary for you to break those out into two movies. And we are we definitely know about Twilight, Breaking Dawn, and Breaking Dawn Part Two. Breaking Dawn Part One was just a movie about that weird face baby, that weird face CGI baby that. That was just nightmare fuel for, uh, and, and then you get into the second movie, which, you know, the first time we get some real, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it, even though it's been out for 50 years, but, um, the first part of that movie, weird face CGI baby. I don't care. I'm spoiling that second part of the movie, you get hyped up, this huge thing happens and then you get turned into a totally different direction. So, but doesn't take away from my love of watching Twilight as a guilty pleasure. But those that is one thing that drives me nuts. And like I said, it's not exclusively YA because The Hobbit, I don't know who thought about breaking that one book up to three movies. That was just a money, disgusting money grab. I don't know. Have you have you have you read the whole because it's like this. Yeah, Lord of the Rings the- is like, you know, it, it it needs to be broken up. I mean, granted, I haven't seen, I read Lord of the Rings. I read The Hobbit. I haven't seen the movies. I'm that pariah. I know. <laughs> Please don't turn me into the streets. I like it here. Cut the feed. Cut the feed. <laughs> this interview is over. <laughs> uh, and I like high fantasy, but it's not, it's outside of, it's, you know, it's beyond the borders of, of what I, of what, of what I'm used to and what I'm used to watching, which is why I haven't made any particular beeline to, to throw it in my queue. And I'm like, I'm going to watch Lord of the, I just haven't. It's it just. Wow. The, the, I don't know. We may have to discuss this off air because I'm shocked and disturbed <laughs> by, I thought I knew you. Clearly I know nothing about you. <laughs> I I don't know if we can continue this, but <laughs> but <clears throat> applications are being accepted. <laughs> yes, we need a new Penda, ladies and gentlemen. New Penda. We're taking applications for new Pendas, ones who has preferably. I don't care if you've seen The Hobbit because The Hobbit disgusts me. But um, and I hadn't read the book. I had not read the Hobbit book, but I did read all three of the Lord of the Rings books. And um and then watched all of the Lord of the Rings movies, so I I, I definitely enjoyed them. I do recommend them if you if you if if you get a chance, you know. I'm not, you know, but I don't know. I'm just really disturbed right now, and frankly, <laughs> I, I I just want to change the subject. So I think I we're can, gonna. <laughs> I can tell you the one thing that I have, and this is not just exclusive to to YA. This happens in romance books too, and it ha- happens in some thrillers where there is no there's no friendship between the sexes it is there so there there's no 
if you pine after a girl or you pine after a guy, chances are later in the book or in the series, you're gonna, you'll, you'll discover your love for each other. And, 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 and then you'll have sex and then probably break up because that's usually how it works. I, I would like to see, and I could be wrong, you know, so I'm sure someone will let me know. I would like to see more young adult books and middle-aged books talk about friendships between men and women that do not end up with everyone falling into bed because it is possible to have relationships with the opposite sex where you're not driven by, or he's not driven by his friendship. It's like, if I'm friends long enough, we're going to have sex. Or if we're friends long enough, he's going to marry me. I would like to see more of that in some YA books. I would like to see that more of that in some romance books where you just, you're friends and it's okay to be friends. And I think once we start to normalize that, um, I think we could solve a lot of the world's problems, quite frankly. (laughs) It it would lower that expectation level. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, we're all adults and, you know, we're not beast out here. Um, I'm not being beast. I'm not a mindless beast, but you know, sometimes I am. So, (laughs) um, let's kick it off with what is coming out this summer. Again, some the summer maybe blockbusters or maybe not blockbusters or maybe just stuff we're looking forward to seeing or maybe stuff you're looking forward to seeing. So, Pinda, why don't you start us off with what's popping in June? So, coming out in June, um, and I wrote down the things that I know that I'm going to watch. In fact, uh, I have a screener for this one in particular kicking off June's coming soon into both streaming and to uh, the theaters. There is The Amusement Park, which is a George A. Romero film about... And he was commissioned by uh, the Lutherans, the, the, the church, to, to highlight elder abuse within the church. And this was like back in the, back in the 70s. But he was tapped to, to ha- have a movie about elder abuse. Uh, and what George Romero came up with, it's sort of like, you know, asking Stephen King... Um, to to come up with a film about you know child safety, you just you should know what you're getting into, uh, mm-hmm. and the and George Romero came up with a movie called The Amusement Park, uh, which then was shelved by the Lutheran Society. They're like, we're not showing this. This is freaking weird. <laughs> um, and I can I'll tell you next time how weird it is. It drops on June first. I have a screener for it, which I'm going to watch tonight with the engineer. Um, so I can let you know what kind of nonsense and madness. It's George Romero. George Romero gave us Night of the or um, gave us a Day of the Dead, um, mm-hmm. and he gave us all sorts of zombie films. So I, I'm I'm keenly interested in his sensibilities on the topic of of elder abuse. I'm 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 all in for that one. Uh, what else do I have? I have The Conjuring, which is The Conjuring 3, which comes out on 6-4. That is another movie. It's from the, the whole worldwide Conjuring universe of Ed and Lorraine Warren. I will never have nice things to say about that couple. 
I don't know the <laughs> plot of The Conjuring, but I'm looking forward to this movie. Again, that drops on 6-4. Uh, there's Peter Rabbit, Fast and Furious 9. Um, oh, and The House Next Door, Meet the Blacks 2. In 2016, there was a, um, a comedy horror parody of The Purge called Meet the Blacks, where um, I, I believe it's Mike Epps, um, where a black man moves his family. He's coming to a lot of money and not in the most legal way. Uh, he, but he moves to Beverly Hills and he just happens to move in on the day of the national purge, where if you're unfamiliar with the purge, it's um, 12 hours where all laws are suspended. So he and his family just happen to move in on uh, the day of the purge. And so they have to protect their home, their family, and their ill-gotten gains from all sorts of nefarious characters who want them dead because they're black or want them dead because they're they have money that they shouldn't have. I, I'm I'm I'll be watching Meet the Blacks uh, today or this weekend rather, because I'm using it as part of my presentation. But Meet the Blacks 2 also opens. It's called Meet the Blacks the House Next Door. Uh, so they're continuing with that series. I'm I, I'm super I'm super interested. I'm super. I, I've always found things like The Purge. It's like people think it's about you know busting up windows and boosting cars. And you know what? I maybe I just want to put a deck on the back of my house, or rather the back of my apartment because I rent. Maybe I want to put in a backyard pool. You know, those are the yeah. things that I think of and, when you talk about not suspending. I don't have to get it approved, man. I don't have to get a permit. No. Screw your permit, man. Right. That, that's what I think of. Yeah, um, me too. So I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward. I'm wondering, and I haven't seen a lot about it, but I'm wondering if the house next door has something as maybe, because again, it's a parody. And I'm wondering right. if the house next door might be uh, a parody of, of House which was a movie that came out in the eighties and then was remade about five or six years ago about how a vampire moves in next door. So, and then the last one I have is the where werewolves within werewolves, werewolves within, which opens on six sixteen. Um, you know, park ranger and small town and weird things are happening. And Ooh, dark secret is basically the, the synopsis of that. Just, Breaking it, breaking it down to its basic elements. Everything's a dark secret. Everything's a dark secret in a small town. That's the beauty of small towns. That's basically the basis of my presentation next week. The secrets in small cool. towns. It's awesome. Cool beans. So what do you got? Um, what are you looking forward to in June? Well, for June, um, definitely the Sailor Moon Eternal movies are confirmed and they're dropping on Netflix on June 3rd, 2021. I have been looking forward to them, seeing them since they were announced as re uh, released in Japanese theaters earlier uh, this year. I've been, my mouth has been watering for some Sailor Moon. And then also uh, keeping with the theme of uh, with Marvel and Disney Plus, uh, Loki is coming out on June 9th. Um, I've already seen uh, WandaVision season one and Falcon and Winter Soldier season one. Uh, they were pretty good. Um, definitely enjoyed them. So, uh, but I'm really looking forward to Loki because it just seems, you know, he's one of my favorite characters. He's definitely uh, one of those bad guys that you love to love, you know. 
So looking forward to that as well as In the Heights is coming out on June 4th. Um, and basically this is from the creators of Hamilton. So if any, if you, if you saw Hamilton and you loved Hamilton and you love the music, uh, you're definitely, I, I believe that we're definitely going to love in the Heights. Um, just seeing the trailer has a lot of energy, looks like a lot of fun and it got rave reviews when it was on stage. So I'm looking forward to seeing this movie as well as the infamous black widow. Finally. This movie, right? This movie has been pushed back so many times. I I don't think she's a widow anymore. I think she got remarried. So, <laughs> so I'm 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 actually looking forward to it. The the reason I'm looking forward to it is I want to understand the reason why you guys didn't drop this on Disney Plus. Um, there have been theories that's been formulated about it, how it may engage some of the bigger themes in the the next phase of the MCU. So that's pretty much it for me, curiosity, because I, to be honest, I never understood why you would release a standalone movie about a character who was already dead. But hey, who am I? Just a casual fan, right? Just a casual fan. And there is, um, on June 16th, uh, the Hitman's hit wife's bodyguard is coming out, right? So this is a sequel to the hitman's bodyguard i have not seen the hitman's bodyguard um to be honest it, it kind of flew under my radar but um it is just watching the trailer of of this 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 uh this new movie really got me interested in the you know the 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 previous movie right because it has um my favorite guy who uh you know stars and everything which is Samuel L Jackson and then also it's starring uh the uh the 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 guy who plays Deadpool why am i blanking on his name right now right Ryan Reynolds um Ryan Reynolds, thank you so much. I am totally blanking out. So I just saw the trailer with Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson, and it looks super fun and looks super interesting. But I couldn't see myself watching it until I saw the first one. I'm I'm that type of person. I think I was told I was a completist. Who to, who who told you that? I, I think somebody's <laughs> name start with a P, but you know, what? wink wink. <laughs> and then I don't know if you mentioned this, Pend. I'm I'm not sure, but Fast Nine is coming out. Was well, you know it's F Nine, I think is is called, but it's F definitely nine. yeah F Nine. So it's like uh, Fast and the Furious Part Nine. Um, I think they're going to be flying spaceships now, and oh, sure. they're going to, you know, be parachuting off of uh, space stations and things like that. I, at this point, I don't know what the heck is going on with the Fast and Furious C series yet. Uh, I cannot even front and say I don't watch every single one. That's the sad part. So I'm always checking out the Fast and the Furious. So I'm sure I'll be checking it out again. Um, and then for the 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 summer for the rest of the summer we got some you know for everyone who's adventurous enough to get back into the theaters um we've got some really excellent shows coming on in july some excellent movies that i'm kind of interested in which um is that i think they're doing a 
new Space Jam, the the new legacy. Yeah, that's going to touch on my nostalgia, you know. Either way, Space Jam, a new legacy is coming out and it's supposed to be coming out in the theaters and HBO Max on June 16th. So we'll see about that. And actually one that I'm really looking forward to, which I really enjoyed surprisingly, was is Hotel Transylvania 4. Had no idea there was a three, but I enjoyed one and two. So I'm going to have to find three and, and, uh, and check that out. So um then there's, uh, I'm not sure about this one, but it's uh, the Forever Purge. I'm not, um, I'm assuming it has something to do with, you know, the original Purge series, uh, series of movies. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah, why not? I'm there for it, you know. It's it's the summer. And this is all going on in July. And then August, we got The Suicide Squad, right? Unlike Suicide Squad, this is The Suicide Squad. Have you seen the trailer? I have seen the trailer. Um, it looks really good. It does look looks, good. Yeah, it does. So I'm, you know, I'm there for it. I'm checking it out, especially considering it's coming to the theaters and HBO Max on August yes. 6th. So I'm 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 there for it, you know. Um, and then Candyman is coming in August too, right? So it's uh, a reboot of uh, the original horror movie that was Candyman. Candyman, I don't know if if it works saying it into a, a webcam as it does work <laughs> saying it to a mirror. So I'm only going to, I can't say his name anymore. So that guy um, is coming out on August 27th. And um, and then we're going to go into September because the summer ain't over till it's over. And one of the huge, a couple of the things that I'm really looking forward to that's coming out this summer, I mean, coming out in September is uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So that's part of the MCU. I'm here for everything MCU. This, hey, I'm here for it. They'll have to, like, do something horrible to make me not watch their movies, you know, it, good, bad, or indifferent. Then um, one of the movies that I found surprisingly well done, and I'm looking forward to the sequel, is Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, right? Totally looking forward to that Um, because, like I said, when I, I, I wasn't expecting much when i saw venom i was like oh let me especially when you hear news in advance of it coming out saying oh well you know they're they're really only trying to keep the license so they're gonna throw a movie out so every time you know i i think it's either fox or sony i can't remember if it's fox or sony but every time they you know try to hold on to the trademark they throw an amazing spider-man out there and you know some and then something and it's crap you know, just just call it what it is. So I really wasn't expecting much when I saw Venom. I thought it was going to be horror based, and it had some horror stuff in it themes as well. But it was surprisingly comedic. I enjoyed their dynamic. I enjoyed the action. So I watched the trailer for the new one, and Woody Harrelson is supposed to be Carnage in it. So if anybody's not aware of uh, who Carnage and Venom are, the, who these characters are. Um, they're basically symbionts um, from another planet. They they are from Spider-Man's rogue gallery. And gradually, Venom went from become, becoming one of Spider-Man's biggest villains, adversaries, to an anti-hero. And then Carnage is just a psycho who got taken over by a symbiont. So all of the psycho symbiont powers came out. So 
uh, I highly recommend that. So those are those are some of the things that I'm looking forward to for the summer. That's good. I, you know, Woody Harrelson's Carnage shows up at the end. It's a, one of the cutscenes of Venom. Mm. So for folks that don't stick around and watch the trailers or watch the end credits of a movie, that's what you missed. Gotcha. <laughs> but in the end credits of Venom, uh, there is a, a cutscene with Woody Harrelson and and Venom. So it was expected. We just we weren't sure because you're right. Sony Pictures owns that particular slice of Marvel. So it's part of their it's part of their cinematic universe jointly. You know, like a divorced couple, they both own Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. They're sharing shared custody of the kid. Shared custody of the kid, although um, Sony owns the animated rights, which is why uh, Into the the Multiverse was a Sony picture uh, Mm -hmm. and and not a Marvel. But Tom Holland as Superman, or excuse me, as Spider-Man shows up in the Marvel film. So, and and I'm... It's all good. I'm, I'm not, and frankly, I'm confusing. all for it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's super confusing, but I'm all for it because if it just means Me that you're going to work a little bit harder to produce a fantastic movie, then, yeah. then by all means, show me what you got. You know, Absolutely. put out the best product. I don't care who puts it out as long as it's the best that you can do. I agree. I mean, it, it, I think that one thing Marvel taught us uh, is that you can have... A, a legitimate theme, a, you know, a, le- a legitimate series of superhero films. They don't have to be hokey or or corny or silly or, or you know, they they can be serious. They can talk about the same themes that the actual comic books talked about and touch on the same subjects and deal with the same issues and you know, have it be authentic and have it be engaging and you're not insulting anyone's intelligence now, you know, I, and I think it's a real, it's been a real testament and made everyone else step their game up. So I, I really appreciate that from, from just all of, all of them. Cause everyone's, you know, even, even, you know, what's, what's going on with DC, you, you know, them Don't even releasing right. the Snyder Cut, right, right. Even with them releasing the Snyder Cut and stuff like that shows that, you know, there is room for improvement, The you know, and, and the fans can, you know, influence that. But that was, that was an argument for the past, so... <laughs> May, and I think we're seeing that. I mean, they I know, you know they released the Snyder Cut. And I think we're seeing that with the reboot of Suicide Squad. Because Margot Robbie is still in Suicide Squad. Yeah. She's still yeah. she's still playing Harley Quinn. The trailer looks fantastic. I caught the Red Band trailer for that. I, I, I'm hopeful. I didn't, I don't remember much about the original Suicide Squad. Only that Jared Leto was kind of an ass through most of it. So I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing what they can, what they can bring us, and if they can bring us a fantastic story. And I, I love, I seem to love everybody in it. So and Elder Selba's in it, and I don't, can't think of the characters or the actor's name, but the guy that played uh, Takashi Kovacs from Altered Carbon which was a series on Netflix, which was fantastic, is in it. So it, it's got a lot of, it's got a lot of really good points. And so I, I think with the good, with the good cast, we've got something to look forward to uh, come the summer and, and hopefully we'll all be ready for, for the theater. I mean, I was just in the theater for the first time since March this past Tuesday. Granted, nice. there were only six of us in there, 
but it was still a little nerve-wracking. Baby uh, steps. It's baby steps. So I think as we get closer and we see more movies in the theater, we'll get a little more comfortable with it. I'm a little I'm a little hesitant with Candyman because that should have been out last year and they pushed it until theaters were reopened. I'm hoping I'm hoping that it has a better outcome than Spiral, which mm. was pushed from last year and then opened it opened yesterday. Um there, there is a real danger in pushing movies out. Even if you think you have a good reason, like we think it needs to be experienced on the big screen. I, I understand that. But what you're doing is you're, you're ramping up that anticipation, which can be a detriment um, yeah. when the final film is released. So I hope, and Nia, you know, um, Nia DaCosta directed Candyman, not Jordan Peele. Everyone seems to think that this is a Jordan Peele movie, but it's not. It's a Nia DaCosta. It's a, it's a, it's a woman of color directed Candyman, the reboot. I really, really, hope, yes. I really hope um, that it, that it's going to be a fantastic film and I am looking forward to it. And I'm hoping that my anticipation does not overshadow the film itself. Yeah, I get that because uh, when you're talking about how dangerous it is to push to push it out, I'm 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 hoping uh, Black Widow is really good or or at least worth it uh, because the New Mutant certainly wasn't. You know, that was just you know for to, for them to push that out as long as and as often as they did was not a very good film at all. It didn't really it was a mess. I didn't understand what was going on in there, and I was like. Okay, and and I and I really didn't care about any of the characters. You know? I so, hate that. So yeah, so hopefully you know we get you know that this isn't a mistake, but we'll only know when we get a chance to see. Time will tell. So, time will tell. So we have come to the end, people. Another and end. another end, and with the end, we talk about news. What is the new news? The new news. So. So, I guess I'll start it off this time today. Yes, I am, for the things that I knew that I did, um, I have developed an unhealthy obsession with my uh, bird that is not really my bird named um, Hulu, right? So, I often stare out the window and look at uh, Hulu, sit on her eggs, and I talk to her. She never talks back, but Rude. I'm starting... Yeah, rude. I'm starting to think I have a problem. Actually, I've been told that I have a problem. Um, shout out to Tech Guy, whose name is Tech Guy, who uh, told me that while he was uh, also uh, lecturing me about never doing any of my updates on my laptop. So, you know, thank you for that. And while and, you're down, let me go ahead and kick you some more. Right. Yeah, kick you again. It's like, do your updates and that bird doesn't love you. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, I drowned Ouch. my sorrow in uh, catching up on season four of The Handmaid's Tale, um, which is really good, by the way. I, I, as, every time I say hand, Handmaid's Tale, I'm going to recommend it to anybody who wants to watch it. Uh, be warned though. It's uh you, you're going to have to take a break. You know, you, I, I, you can't, that's just not a show you should binge watch. It's a, it's a show that you should watch. And then when something crazy happens, take, take an hour or two at least and, you know, go outside, get some fresh air, listen to some calm music, 
<laughs> have a good cry. Have a, have a good cry. Whatever it is you need to do to decompress, because you're going to need some decompressing time. Um, what I'm going to be doing new this week is I'm going to be heading out of town to Philadelphia to Philadelphia. visit love Philadelphia to visit loved ones. And so I will be trying to keep up on my media watching. But since I'm such a cornball, I will be uh, watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, rewatching uh, those horrible people just because I will be in Philadelphia and I, I'm not very clever. So that being said, Penda, what is the new news for you? Use? What is the new news for me? Uh, like I mentioned previously, uh, Tuesday, for those who, who haven't been paying attention for the previous five episodes, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a movie reviewer, so um, PR firms will contact me and let me know when there are screenings in the area. And then I get to write them up. And this past Tuesday, for the first time since March of 2020, in fact, the last movie I saw in the theater was The Hunt. This time, um, I, I saw a screening of Spiral, which uh, dropped on Tuesday, uh, yesterday, rather, on Friday. So I got to see, you know, and I got to see fellow critics that I hadn't seen in a year. I mean, we keep in touch on social media, but it's really not the same. So I got to can reconnect with some old people and I got to see some, see a fine film ish, fine ish. I, I gave it two out of five. Um, uh, it, it's, it feels like it wants to be a, a soft film, but there, it had some issues, but it was, it was still fun to see a movie on the big screen. Uh, you forget what that feels like, you know, when you can feel the bass of the soundtrack of, of the movie when you can feel it in your back teeth, you know, you sort of forget <laughs> what that feels like. I, you know, I live in an apartment, so I can't really crank up the crank up the noise like I'd want to. I'll, you know, it's just going to create a noise complaint. Uh, so that was my, that was my new thing was seeing, was leaving my house. I, I took the engineer uh, and we saw spiral in the theater nice. and then yeah, exciting and scary and, you know, and all that good stuff. My, I don't have, it's not necessarily new, new for me. I have done a presentation before, but I do have my presentation for, for Rural Gothic is on the 22nd. So my presentation is on Suburban Weird. Uh, I will be taking movies. I believe I've gotten nine. I think I have eight or nine movies, but we will be discussing suburbia as experienced from with white Americans versus black Americans in a horror movie setting. Oh. So, and how, because in, in these types of movies, suburbia is treated like a paradise and the city is considered dirty or crime ridden. So characters leave the city for various reasons. They're either escaping something or they're heading towards a new opportunity, but they're bringing all of their baggage with them. And then when they get to the suburban landscape, how suburbia accepts them or rejects them and their baggage is sort of what I want to, what I wanted, what, what I'm going to talk about and how it's different for white characters and black characters. So 
I've been watching a lot of movies. I've been watching a lot of movies in anticipation for my talk. So, and again, it's not new. I've done a presentation for Rural Gothic before, but every time I do one, it's it's a new experience because, you know, these are new movies that I want to talk about. And, you know, I'm not very good at presentations, so it takes a lot of effort on my part. And But, you know, the best part's watching the movie. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. So, so just just some uh, piece of advice. This is what um, I recommend that you should do. Uh, one of the same things I'm going to be doing when I get on the plane is picture everyone naked. So <laughs> I will be picturing everyone on the plane naked. That'll make me less nervous while I'm flying. So try to picture everyone maybe on your side flying, and then I'll try to picture everyone on my side naked. <laughs> Sound good? <laughs> I will picture everyone flying. That should work out super well. <laughs> yeah. That's me. Queen hacks right here. Queen hacks. So. Follow us for more recipes. Yeah, absolutely. So everyone, thanks so much again for joining us for this episode. This is another one in the books. Um, we look forward to getting your uh, feedback as always. And... I don't have anything else, my dear Penda. No, just, you know, follow us on our socials, uh, drop us a line, send us a voice message. Thank you so much for listening. This is, this is always a good time for us. And we're thrilled to hear that it's a good time for you as well. Absolutely. So until next time, I don't know, the heels have eyes. (laughs) Still working on that part. (laughs) The hills have eyes. There's a there are snakes yeah. on the plane. There's a gremlin on the wing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going for all the things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fan service with Cat and Penda is produced by our own we selves, Cat and Penda. If you like what you hear, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform, so other cool people can find us. If you love what you hear, you can support us for as little as ninety nine cents a month. You can find us on Twitter at Cat and Penda and leave us a voicemail message at the link below. Feel free to drop us a line at Cat and Penda Fanservice at gmail.com. But if you hate us, you can still do all of the same things, but maybe quietly and to yourself. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.